This is the Tribune Audio Network. Is the world the world? Are we? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Did you did you catch the part where Danelle said she was making the ugliest face in the world? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to start with this week. <laughs> you guys can take a picture of it later if you want. We'll put it on Instagram, and uh, you guys can see how gorgeous Janelle looks when she makes this face. It's hot. Uh, this is Survivor Pete. Yes, it is. Episode 1,000. Yeah. I mean, you guys missed a lot, so shame on you. Sorry. <laughs> nah, it's episode 14. We're feeling a little wacky today. We are. I don't know. I feel like we had Chick-fil-A for lunch. Lots of Chick-fil-A. I had like a thousand nuggets. I did too. I couldn't stop. I mean, Kenny? I don't even know how many I had. Lost count. I went up for seconds. Did you guys go for seconds? Hell yeah. 100%. Okay. Okay. What the? Yes. I had had to try different sauces. (laughs) The Polynesian sauce was on point. Polynesian. I had never had it before. I'm either. It was and good. then I mixed the honey mustard. I didn't get to try it. Mm. You didn't? Mm-mm. It was real good. I mixed uh, buffalo and barbecue. Okay. It's, uh, I do it for my wings sometimes. Barbacuffalo mm. is what I call it. <laughs> you should trademark that. Kenny, write that down. Name. I thought it existed, and I tried to convince Kim it existed one day. I Googled it. It doesn't exist. Okay, nobody yeah. take that. That's Kenny's. Mine. He, write that down. He's going to make it. <laughs> we are claiming it on this podcast that is legal. I'm going to jump on his coattails and I want to be a part of that, Kenny. It's a good name. It It is. is. Gosh. Gosh darn it. I want to think of something to invent that's amazing. You did a podcast. Oh, well, I mean, but that, I didn't do that by myself. You guys were with me. I know. And you really came up with the idea. I just came up with the sip part. Everything else. No, Kenny came up with the name. No, you came up with sip. I came up with the sip portion of the name. And I was, and I was this, duh. (laughs) And then Kenny was like, survive, repeat. And we all lived happily ever after. Okay. Um, okay. So first of all, I have to talk about um, a life-changing event that happened for this podcast. It's amazing. Um, so I was scrolling through Instagram, as you do. And I, you know, I look at the ads sometimes because they do pertain to me on the regular. I appreciate their cyber stalking so that they serve me ads that make sense. Right. Don't waste my time. Good work. Um, so they served an ad for a new podcast app and I don't know how new it is, but I've never heard of it or seen it before. It was called Podcoin, And I have to tell you that at first, I, all I cared about was the fact that they said they were going to pay me to listen to podcasts. Cause I have like a slew of podcasts I listen mm-hmm. to and we're in sales. We're in the car a lot. So I listen to podcasts constantly. Yeah. And, um, so basically you listen to pretty much any podcast you already listen to and you earn Podcoin, and then you can convert that into like gift cards. You can get like a Starbucks gift card or an Amazon gift card. It's such a smart idea. It really is. Like, uh, I forget the guy's name. Is it Dave? Maybe. Oh, I might get that wrong. Anyway, well, whoever you are who invented this and emailed me with great information. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny part was at one point while I was signing up for it, it's like, do you have a podcast you'd like to claim? And in my head, I'm like, well, if I claim my podcast, am I still going to be able to earn points for listening to it? <laughs> like this, these are my concerns. Uh-huh. You're like, I still want money. For I listening. still want money to listen to stuff, even if it's my own. Uh, and so I was like, oh, screw it. Like I should probably claim it. And that way we can, you know, be on another platform and keep track of it. Like they said, they had all these analytics and stuff. So I claimed it. Uh, I confirmed it was us via email, like all this stuff. 
and um, it launched. Basically, our podcast was called a featured or a bonus podcast, which means that you guys get a point and a half instead of just a point mm-hmm. for every 10 minutes you listen. And so we were at the top of the chart. And I swear we were up there forever. The first afternoon we were up, we got like, I think 830 downloads on like a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. That Monday, we got like 6,600 downloads. flipping out, you guys. Flipping the fuck out. I was so excited. I didn't even know what to do with myself. We were jumping around the office like idiots. It was great. So thank you. Thank you. If anyone's new. Thank you for listening. Thank you for using PodCoin. Um, We are going to continue to try and partner with them so that we can keep bringing you guys great podcasts and helping you earn money for yourself or you can donate your pod coin to charity which is also a nice little ditty if you have a charity you really like Mm -hmm. um but anyway just wanted to put that out there because I'm super excited I think we are all are super excited because we are fine we have over 10,000 downloads now which is huge for us like we don't don't know know what what we're doing compare it to yeah but for us it's good yeah (laughs) we like it that's all that matters yes and we hope you like it too (laughs) Um, okay. so tell your friends, tell your friends to listen. Also, if you do like it and you're listening on PodCoin, can you still go on to iTunes and rate review and subscribe? Still helps. Um, if that's too much to ask, just PodCoin it up. Thanks. Um, we're drinking a smooth red blend. So good. It's called 14 hands. Not 13, 14. No, it's, oh, that's the winery. It's called 14 hands winery. Mm-hmm. It's called hot to trot. And there's horses on the label, which of course I love because mm-hmm. I love horses. Um, and I have a little story. So the reason I picked this is me and my husband, when we went on our honeymoon, we went to Colorado. We went to Pagosa Springs, which is a hot springs area. And we stayed in like a little uh, log cabin, like Fun. out in the wilderness. Like it was very, I don't know, glampy of us. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and it was really nice because we got there and like the first three days, it was like 65 and sunny. And then suddenly it started snowing the like fourth day. But it was so fun. Hot spring. Yes. So you would go in your bathing suit with like a little hat on, and you would like get in these hot springs. It's snowing all around you. There's snow everywhere, but you're in a hot spring, and then you can go from hot spring to hot spring. So it's really fun. Anyway, before we got there to our cabin, we stopped at a liquor store to buy, you know, stuff for the week. And we asked the guy, like, what red wine would you recommend? And this is the wine that he recommended. So I remember we bought like two bottles of it. I think we ended up buying more like as the week progressed because it's just really delicious. It's very smooth. It is. That's why it's called a smooth red blend. Uh Uh-huh. It says um, black cherry and plum. Mm. Mm. Love it. Tastes really delicious. It's really good. I'm into it. Okay, great. It's it's a very reasonable. I think I got this for like 14 bucks. So if your wine budget allows, may I suggest it? Hot to trot. Just like Jenny. (laughs) Hot to trot. Um, okay. What else? Do we have anything else before we get into this? No, I don't think so. I think just if you could, you Oh, know. Danelle got her bed delivered. Tell us about oh, your bed. I got a new bed, everybody from Costco. Cause that's where I apparently buy everything. <laughs> you got your big Mason. It was, from Costco. I've never you owned a, snacks. You got I've, your bed, everything. And I feel like we've never owned a King bed. So we finally got a king bed. I'm Girl. so excited. Oh my god! And better yet, it was only six hundred dollars. Um, yeah, that's and it had better nice. reviews than the Tempur Pedic. 
That's really which is it, was is like it a, a million is it, dollars. Is it squishy? Like the is it memory foam or yes. is it like springs? It's rolled up in the in a box. In a, oh, it's it's in that box. It's in that box. Damn girl. I know. Okay. All right. I wish so. I can you ooh, can you take a video of you unboxing it? I can, yeah. Yeah, take a video of it. I wanna see how it unfolds. Okay. It might take they said it might take up to like four hours to unfluff. Okay, well, just the but beginning. I'll just do the beginning. I'm not going to set my phone up for four hours. Don't worry. Okay, good. I won't take it for four hours. <laughs> what if I made you watch it <laughs> for like, four hours? No. I can't. Is it is it fluffed yet? I'm excited though. I've never had such a, bed a big a bed. Oh, or right. a bed in a box. just and it's cheap. Oh my it's god, affordable. I'm very excited for you. And it has <laughs> copper in it, I guess, so you oh. don't overheat at night. <gasps> oh my god, I have to say that's the one thing I don't like about my memory foam bed. I know. I'm hot AF. We have a Tempur-Pedic right now, and I love it. It's so comfortable. We've had it for like seven, eight years, but I wake up sweating in the middle of the night. Yeah. I go to bed cold, and then I wake up, and I'm just like, I'm going to die. What Mm -hmm. happened? And we sleep with like multiple fans on. We do. Jenny, me too. We have three fans right now in our bedroom. It's (laughs) weird. It's super weird. I love it. Actually, four. (gasps) Damn. I know. We have two, but. It's, It's intense. Yeah. Our dog can't breathe. She overheats, so it's whatever. Callie, the official dog of Sip Survivor Pete. Oh, she's such a love bug. Don't tell my four dogs. No, they will <laughs> never know. They'll never know. We'll let her in here someday. She just is a heavy walker. Yeah, you can hear her nails clinkety-clanking on yeah. the floor. She's sleeping. She's fine. Yeah. yeah. She was snoring before. It was yeah, very she's cute. passed out. All right, so let's talk about survival. Yes. Um, you're first is that what we said mm-hmm. yes okay Danelle is first okay. and I'm ready for and it I just took a big sip of wine Great. so here we go I'm gonna move my computer back a little bit so Do I it. can not have Kenny yell at me for being too far away okay so <laughs> he doesn't yell he just makes motions I know get closer he verbally he not verbally but he um gesturally yells <laughs> gesturally gesturally yells <laughs> okay so this is the survival story of Emma Carey. And I'm not going to lie, everybody. I took this article from Cosmo. Mm. So if you want to read it on Cosmo, go for it. Or you can listen to me read it to you. Either way, <laughs> it's fine. Danelle's a Cosmo girl. Well, I found it online. I haven't read a Cosmo since college, but oh. okay. So this um, Emma Carey. So this is June 2013. She's 20 years old. And she's from... Um, Canberra, Australia. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but she's from Australia. Okay. Ooh, we have some listeners there. Hey, Australia, shout out. What do they say? Good day. Good day, matey. I don't know. We're probably going to get in so much trouble for that. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. Ahoy. Now you're a boat captain. Yeah, that's a boat thing, I think. <laughs> Whatever. They're on an island. They have lots of boats there. <laughs> matey. Okay. Mm. Okay. So Emma took a trip of a lifetime to travel across Europe for three months. Mm. Um, it was her and her friend, and they had all sorts of bucket list things planned to do in this three month time period. Wait, did you say how old she was? She's twenty. Oh, yeah. So adorable. she just, I think, just graduated high school before she's off to college. Like this is her, like you know, I or guess they might call it university university. They call it, which it says in here university. Mm. Um, so her and her girlfriend, they plan a trip across Europe. And, um, one of the things includes on their bucket list is skydiving. Yeah. It does. Over the Swiss, Swiss Alps. <gasps> I have a story about that. Continue. Well, no sidebar. You continue. Oh, okay. Sidebar on Swiss Alps. I was in Switzerland when I did a study abroad program mm-hmm. my junior year, and 
uh, we were in Switzerland for the weekend, and I can't remember. I want to say the city we were in started with a B. I can't remember what it was, which was terrible. Anyway, I loved it. It was beautiful. The mountains were crazy. Um, and my friends really wanted to paraglide. Mm-mm. And I was like, what's that, you guys? And then they told me, and I was like, absolutely not. No. Hard but enough. I was like, I'll go up with you, and then I'll drive back down with a little driver. Mm-hmm. So we took this van all the way up this mountain. We got to a really high point. Like, we kept going higher and higher, and I was like... getting nervous in the car? I'd be nervous Yeah, I was car. like, what are we doing? This is high enough. Like, the car could fall off the mountain. Yeah. What are we doing? So we get out of the car, and... Um, Basically, the tour guide is like, we're all going, right? And I'm like, oh, I wasn't planning to. He's like, come on, you can come with me. And I'm like, fuck. So um, basically, paragliding, if you don't know, is you have a parachute, but it's already open. So that makes it slightly better because at least you know it's open. And it's working. And it works. Um, and you basically like strap the parachute on. Uh-uh. And in this case, the man. <laughs> You have to go tandem. Chop a man on your back. So I told my friends, I'm like, I cannot believe I am currently strapping a piece of nylon and a man to my back and jumping off of a mountain. Mm-mm. You guys are all idiots. And if I die, I'm blaming you. So anyway, this guy was hilarious. Um, he goes, who's coming with me? You? Okay. What's your name? Yes. And I am Tom. <laughs> he was so, but he was so hot. Everybody, all the other guys who were going tandem with my friends were like older gentlemen. Uh-huh. And Tom was like... That's this, why you did it, huh? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he was like this delicious Swiss You're man. like, jump on my back, Tom. Yep. And then at one point... So we jump off mountain and it's fine. It's very cold up there, though. Um, and he was like, here, take the controls. And I'm like, absolutely not. No. Mm-mm. But we did chase a bird for a while. And oh. I'm really glad I ended up doing it. But I still, to this day, just remember myself being like, I'm strapping a piece of nylon and a man to my back and jumping off a mountain. This is a terrible plan. Terrible plan. Sounds like a wacky weekend. It was a wacky weekend in Switzerland. That's crazy. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Mm -mm. So, well, similar. Swiss Alps. Alps, And this particular spot, she had pinpointed that she wanted to skydive skydive Mm. to or from or whatever. Like, she... Her and her friend were really sportsy. Skydive into, yeah. maybe? Into, yeah. Okay. Or from, or whatever. Okay. Sounds good. No. Um, however, she's never gone skydiving before, so mm-hmm. this is her first time. Mm-hmm. So they go through all the rigmarole. It's like five days into their trip, and they're at the skydive center. They get all the instructions, go up in the plane. They're 14,000 feet up, which I feel like is really high. I don't know what a normal I mean not, but when you're on a commercial flight you're usually like 30 or 40,000 feet so it's I like think? yeah so like half of where you usually are on like a commercial I was jet. thinking it'd be like a thousand feet in the air but 14,000's a lot I, I feel like if you're a thousand you don't have time to open your parachute well I would be you like take fast. me 500 feet I'm good <laughs> then you would definitely die your then parachute you would wouldn't splat. catch air that's why I'm not gonna skydive people. okay great. great okay I'm glad that right. you're fed stead fed stast <laughs> that's exactly those are exactly my thoughts that your fun stast in that okay um, great. again she had a uh, hot instructor strapped to her back i don't know if it was mm, hot but let's whatever. pretend like let's he, pretend he was and she said it was exhilarating she was so excited so looking forward to it she wasn't nervous she just was ready to do it and she said quote we fell fast but because she had never done it before she couldn't tell that there if anything was wrong like she right. just was like this is it whatever um, so after a while she noticed the parachute hadn't opened 
And she felt like a jerk a little bit, but nothing had like happened. So she thought maybe something was wrong. So she yelled out to the instructor like and asked what was going on. And he didn't answer her. Uh-oh. And the wind was really loud, obviously, because they're drumming yes. out of a plane. So she just thought maybe he didn't hear her. So a little bit of time, a teeny bit of time went by. And she asked again, like, what's wrong? What's happening? And they kept, you know, plummeting straight down high speeds. Oh, my God. And um, she turned around to look back and realized something had gone terribly wrong. So. Oh, God. As it turns out, he waited too long to pull the chute cord, okay? Mm. So he pulled it, but it was too late. And the emergency parachute released and the original parachute released at the same time. So both of them released and one of the cords got wrapped around his neck. Oh my God. So he was being strangled. That's why he wasn't answering her. Oh my God. Was he dead? Every article. And I did read other articles other than Cosmopolitan. They don't say. (gasps) I'm assuming he died. But I don't, I honestly don't know if he died or not. What, what was this girl's name? I'm going to research while you okay. tell the story. Her name was Emma Carey. Emma Carey. I'll yeah. let you know if C-A-R-E-Y. I find C-A-R-E-Y. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Because <gasps> I feel like that's a vital, like, Yeah, like, did, was he, did she have a dead man strapped to her back? Well, possibly. <laughs> so she turned around <laughs> horrified and um, she then realized that she was alone and she panicked and he obviously couldn't untangle the parachutes because he was passed out or dead, one of the two. Hmm. And she said she couldn't do anything to save him or herself. So they just kept falling and falling very, very, very fast. And she said they were, she was certain they were going to die. Uh, like there, there's no velocity. good, yeah, there's no good ending to this. No. Um, and she, you know, she thought to herself, we're going so fast and we're so high. There's no way, there's no way I'm going to survive this. So um, she said that it seemed like such a long fall. She was also conscious the entire time. Oh. Like most people think that you're going to pass out. Like, like when you get sucked out of an aircraft. Right. Or that you just, your plane is plummeting to the ground. You're going to pass out from the pressure or whatever. She did not. She was conscious the entire time, unfortunately for her. Oh. And, um, she said in her head, she really came to the conclusion that she just didn't really want to die. She's like, I just don't want to die. Like, I don't want to die like this. And I just don't want to die period. Um, and she said it wasn't really until that moment that she really appreciated life. And she was really sad mm. in that moment because she it took her that to kind of come to that. I mean, she's 20 years old too, but I mean, right. like it took her to have this accident to have that feeling. Um, so they continued to fall and she said it felt like forever. And they were dropping at a very high speed and um, she actually landed on her stomach and he landed on top of her. So she okay. landed like face first on the ground. And... Mm-hmm. the paramedic, they landed in the middle of a field and just meters from a concrete road. Oh my God. So when the paramedics arrived, they told her later that if she would have been just a couple meters over and hit the concrete, she would have been dead indefinitely. Like they couldn't believe that she was even alive period. Um, but because they, she, they think that she landed on like regular ground. She survived somehow. Jesus. They don't really know. Oh so, my God. Her mouth was full of blood and her whole body was in the most intense pain she'd ever felt, but she knew she, um, had to get help and the instructor was still attached to her back Oh my god! and she thought he was dead. Um, and again, I don't know. They don't mention in there if he also survived. I'm thinking he survived because I feel like they would have mentioned that, but 
Okay, whatever. Kenny's looking. So she tried to roll over to get him off of her, and that's when she discovered she couldn't move anything from her stomach down. Oh, no. And um, she said not her legs, not her toes, not her abs. She couldn't even roll over. So it was the most devastating realization. And, you know, a minute ago she had been fine, and now she was thinking she was paralyzed and probably would never be able to walk again. Um, the She was then the uh, air... Callie's making Callie's, some really great noises Callie's right now. very sassy in the background right now, making growling noises <laughs> at nothing. Um, so the she was then airlifted to the hospital. Her friend was with her. Let me back up a little bit. Her friend jumped after her. Oh, okay. Can you imagine being no. the friend jumping after her at, and, watching and that? watching it? Right. So her friend was comforting her while the helicopter was arriving and just saying, like, it's okay, you're going to walk again, because she was freaked. She's like, I can't move my legs. Like, I, And her friend was like, you're just, you just had a traumatic accident. Like, it's going to be fine. And she kept, like, wiping the blood off her face and saying, like, and Emma kept saying, like, my teeth are gone, my teeth are gone. And her friend was like, no, 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 they're, they're, they're still in there. You just can't feel your face and whatever, trying to calm her, when in reality all her teeth were gone. Oh, she was just trying God. to, yeah. So she broke her pelvis, she shattered all her teeth, she broke her spine in two places, and suffered a spinal cord injury. Mm. And that's why she couldn't move the lower half of her body. Yeah. the f- Not the funny part, but the odd part is she had barely even a scratch on her. What? Other than, like, the blood and stuff from her teeth, there was no, like, other than, like, the spinal cord and the pelvic and all that stuff. Like, like there was no, like, no, like, no, like scratches. scratches or anything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which is weird. So... She was in the spinal ward for three months, and she was in Switzerland. In Switzerland, so she couldn't even leave Switzerland. She, um, you know, she wasn't allowed to be on a plane or anything for a while, mm-hmm. and then eventually she was transported back to Australia. But um, she was a paraplegic. The doctor said that she would likely be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Oh. So um, she didn't really believe that she would never walk again. Mm -hmm. Like she, they told her that and she just said, she just knew for some weird reason that that was just not her cards. Like she was going to walk again. Um, so when they told her that she also didn't have any control of her bladder or bowel movements. Um, so when they told her that, you know, that was also something that was going to happen to her, she accepted that. And she's like, fine, I can live with that, but I'm going to walk again. Um, and she just said again, she just had a feeling like she was going to walk again. So, once she was transported back to Australia, she had uh, physical therapy every day to um, try to do whatever little movement she could muster up, and she started to see progress. And um, a year later, she was able to move um, her feet and then her knees and then eventually her legs, and then she was able to walk again. Oh but it took, it took multiple years to get to that point. Um, and she says the lasting effects of my accident are permanent though. I walk with a limp because of some of the muscles in my legs still don't work. And I still don't have feeling from below, um, the level of injury, meaning like her pelvis area. Um, she still can't feel her legs and her pelvic region, um, sometimes at all. And she gets really tired easily, but the biggest change is she's had to adapt to the loss of her bladder and bowel control. Now imagine being a 20 year old girl and having to use catheters and, and she said she gets, yeah, and she gets a lot of infections and just her life is different. Yeah. Um, she said it was, she was very embarrassed at first whenever she would go out in public and she would, you know, pee herself sometimes because she didn't know, like she didn't even know when she was going to the bathroom, like if her catheter wasn't in right or something happened, like she would like pee her pants and not even know it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But she did something pretty cool. Um, she looked at it differently, and within the ten, and now within ten minutes of her meeting someone, she tells them right away, like, "Listen, I was in this terrible accident, and just so you know, like, I don't have any control over my bladder, or my function. So if something happens, it is what it is." So she started posting to her Instagram, which is E M under slash Carrie, her last name C A R E Y, like pictures of her peeing her pants and like makes a joke. Like Aww. she's embraced it, yeah. and she's also started a conversation with a lot of people that have this problem, and it's opened up a whole new world for her, wow. which is pretty cool. So, um, and she's twenty. She's twenty. Well, well she's now older she's. Now, but this was in twenty thirteen, so now okay. she's older, but, but still. That's a lot. I mean, not only going through like having to learn how to walk again, but also to have this for the rest of your life. Like, that's very sad. I'm glad she learned how to walk again, though. I know. That's amazing. Um, She says, I've grown up fast over the past four years, um, now five years, but she had originally planned to go on a big holiday Mm -hmm. around Europe and then come home, go to university and get a job. But when she came back, everything changed. She couldn't work. Her whole life was about recovery, going to physical therapy and getting better. She said that she's lost a lot of friends and relationships, but in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened to her. And despite everything, there's so many positives that have come out of come from her skydiving accident um, that she's been able to travel again. And recently, she went back to Switzerland for the first time and visited the exact spot that the accident happened. Because <gasps> oh her goal was to create new memories of a bad memory. Oh she God, has, have, you know, some PTSD from I have it and goosebumps. stuff. Goosebumps. I know. Yikers. I, yeah. She said that she appreciates everything so much more. And um, one of the, th- I think this is the important message is the one thing that has changed is the way she views her body. That um, she used to just think of it as an object, mm-hmm. like something you look at for physical appearance. Like we want to be skinny, we want to fit in a certain size or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But now she thinks about how, how her legs can take her from place to place and how her arms enable her to write and draw. And she thinks of her body. Um, as a vessel to allow her to do things versus like a physical appearance, which I think is very beautiful. I love that. I know. So, um, in closing, she said prior to the accident, I was never really excited about life. I wasn't happy to wake up each day. I just didn't love life as much as I do now. I remember thinking as we were falling, just how much I really wanted to live. I always say it really sucks that it took me nearly dying to realize how much I wanted to live. And I think that's why I talk about it so much so that no one else has to go through such a huge wake up call to realize that. Wow. No, I love her. Oh my God. I know. It's a great story. Follow her on Instagram. I'm going to start following yes, her. Yes, I'm totally going to follow her. And she also got the date of the accident tattooed on her. Oh, yeah. You know, I love a good tattoo. I know. So that's the story of Emmy, Emma Carey. Wow. Emma Carey's kind of a badass motherfucker. I know. Did you find it, Kenny? Yeah. So in 2017, she posted something about, uh, first off, her accident being investigated. (gasps) Oh, I didn't know that. I think just to see like what went wrong. Mm -hmm. And they said if the cord was pulled one second earlier, everything would have been fine. Mm -mm. (gasps) Oh, my God. And so like she goes on this long post and... Um, but I'm pretty sure the guy survived because she oh. said one second was the difference between me doing that and me sharing, like she was talking about people high-fiving when they're done and stuff. Uh, and between me doing that and me sharing an internal bond with someone I didn't know. So I'm assuming he's alive cause she's huh. saying an internal bond now. So, so do you think they like have, oh, and she says into our near death. So so he's alive. alive. Okay. Maybe he just doesn't want it. Maybe he has a lot of guilt. Maybe. And he doesn't want to be like in the spotlight. Because I think 
if he didn't pass out, I think like skydiving instructors, they're supposed to take the fall. Like, like flip he would have flipped yeah, around. I think that's yeah. like a thing that happens. Like they're trained to do. And I'm sure she doesn't blame him because it was no. a freak. Like that's that's a weird. It's I, a risk although, you take, though. I mean, yeah, I have a so my one of my really good friends' brothers lives in California, and he recently just had a, a really bad skydiving accident. And I've been working on getting him to come on and tell <gasps> us about it. Please do. Yeah. So he was like trained, so he didn't tandem skydive he actually just skydives by himself i don't think he will anymore but um i don't want to tell the story because i want him to tell the story so uh i just i feel like i don't i don't like when you don't have control you know what i mean yeah that's why i don't think i could do it but i'm Mm -hmm. realizing through this podcast i'm afraid of a lot of things me too and i'm like i shouldn't be i wonder if that's normal though i don't know kenny are you afraid of a lot of things not really no okay not too much here's the other thing too is i'm like kenny is how many? How, 24. You're 24. I'm 37. I'm 37. Okay, so how many years is that math? 13. 13 Thank years you. younger than us. Yeah. I just want, like, when I was in my 20s, I guess I was scared of a lot less stuff. But you also didn't have a family. I mean, you have a family. I don't mean that, but you don't, like, you Yeah, didn't, I feel like if I had a kid, you know, maybe you'd think be differently, like, probably. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't do this risky thing. But I don't have kids, and I think like that. Callie. Well, you I mean, Callie. Callie's and is my daughter. She depends on you. She does. I mean, I mean, more who's so. Who's gonna breathe heavy on you? Who's gonna wipe her here? butt with baby wipes? Because I have oh my to. God. And baby powder, guys. It's, TMI. It happens every night. Oh my god, Danelle. She loves it. Oh my god, I don't think I've ever wiped. Any I, bu- of my I dog's have a whole butts. thing of baby wipes in her. My dogs come in. and I'm like, quit barking and get over there. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But again, four dogs. It's a lot of yeah. dogs to wrangle, you and I have the three year old and my stepdaughter. It's a lot. Ah. Um. I hope your friend comes on. I would love to hear. <gasps> yes. I really want him to. I just, I don't know if he's ready to talk. It happened recently. Like, I don't know if he's quite that ready. That may, maybe like next He's also, year. you know, what's weird is he's also a pilot. Oh. So, so how is that? How does he feel about flying now? I think he's okay with flying. Okay. Um, he wasn't sure he was going to be able to because it's what, I'll say what he hurt was his arm slash shoulder. And so he lost function. Okay. And so you have to have two. Yeah. Are, like working arms to, to fly. manage the plane because he flew commercial he was like flying I think I saw him in like a Delta uniform once at the airport and I was like oh no you're flying planes you're too young to fly planes I love sitting next to a like a pilot that's like skip what's it called like a skip flight or a jump flight where they just oh. sit randomly I Todd's like quit asking them questions I'm like <laughs> so I'm it's like, like in so, Bridesmaids yes. where she thinks everyone's the air marshal or that yep. guy's the air marshal maybe like, turns out to be the one Spoiler. time I was like, so how many, like, what's your craziest flight? Like, how oh long God. have you been doing this? And Todd's like, shut up. We just want to talk to you. He's just trying to get home. Leave the guy alone. And I'm like, no, let's talk. I want to hear all your stories. Oh, my God. No. So, stop it. I know. <laughs> anyway. Um, I sat next to a woman on a plane once who told me she was a witch. And then she I... gave me her necklace in kind of a drunken stupor. And then I pretended to be asleep. And she kept talking to me. And the poor stewardess came by and was like, I'm so sorry. We don't have any other seats, though. Oh. I don't know if you guys heard that. We didn't have any other seats. So, so you were anyway, stuck by a witch. Basically, yes. Who is giving me, like, amethyst necklaces. Anyway. And you, yeah. You don't want to piss her off. No. Not on a plane. <laughs> um, okay. Ahoy! Are you looking for something naughty to spice up your wardrobe? 
That's N-A-U-T-I as in nautical. Check out the fantastic apparel at the Savvy Anchor. They have everything you need for that pirate or mermaid in your life. Everything but the water, of course. The Savvy Anchor specializes in nautical apparel for men and women. Their super soft garments will soon become your favorite thing to wear. Be prepared for compliments. Load up on booty today. (laughs) Sorry, that made me giggle. Savvy Anchor is offering 30% discount uh, to sip, survive, repeat listeners. You heard that right. 30%. Visit SavvyAnchor.com to get your sip, survive discount by using offer code sip, survive. Save 30% off regular priced items. Discount does not apply. Don't even try it to sale or clearance items. Shipping is always free for orders over $50. Again, save 30% with code SIPSURVIVE at Savvy Anchor, S-A-V-V-Y, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.com. Listen, spelling anchor is harder than it looks. Start living the naughty life with Savvy Anchor apparel. What are you waiting for? Ahoy, matey. (laughs) I had to. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell me the story. Okay. I'm doing the survival story of one Miss Holly Dunn. Are you ready? Who's that? Well, she is the sole survivor of the railway serial killer. What? I've never heard of this person. What? Okay, get ready. Tell me more. Okay, well, first I would like to tell you all that I watched a documentary yesterday (laughs) about the railway killer thinking at the end they'd be like, and here's the sole survivor. No, it was just a documentary about him and, like, two of the kids that he killed. And then it just it got to the end, and they're like, man, that was tragic that these two young kids got killed. You're like, but where's my survivor? I'm like, but I watched this for the survivor story. I have, this is my homework. I need a living person. God damn it. Okay, so uh, then I had to go researching articles. So I knew there was a survivor, but I just <laughs> didn't know who she was. You had to find her. Documentary that I watched for 43 minutes. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, the survival of Holly Dunn. It was an August night in Lexington, Kentucky. It was 1997. I'm picturing it now. I know, right? You're in your Jenko jeans. You're really just enjoying thin some... eyebrows. You got your maybe a choker ass- necklace. <gasps> yes, velvet maybe. You're wearing something velvet. Mm, probably for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she said uh, her and her boyfriend Chris were at a college party um, but it was loud and rambunctious. You know how college parties are. We mm-hmm. all know. Um, and so they decided to take a little walk along the railroad tracks. That's romantic. Right? Um, so they sat down next to the railroad tracks and I'm going to say quote unquote talked. I don't want to, I don't want to take this in a dirty direction, but. They probably went to second base. I mean, at least there's a little making out. Or third. Whatever. I don't know. It's fine. Do what you got to do. <laughs> um, so after about an hour, they decided to get up and go back to the party. Um, but a man appeared from behind an electrical box and Ew. he looked normal. Like um, Holly kind of said, you know, he looked like any other guy. He was kind of olive skin toned, wavy hair. He was in his late 30s. Sounds cute. Right. But then she said, but his eyes were dead. Oh, that's terrifying. Isn't it? She said they were expressionless. I'm like, grips. So so then he said, um, give me your money. 
Take it all. Have it. Yeah. It's like, fine. I would just like to give this. This is my public service announcement. Just If someone it. wants your money or your wallet or your purse or your car, give it to them. Take it. Your life is worth so much more than any mm-hmm. piece of junk. And run. Get. Give yeah. it. Throw it and run. Throw it and run. Yeah. That's what they say to do. Throw it far mm-hmm. away and run throw the other run. direction. Okay. So before uh, they had time to react, he was right next to them, and he was holding something sharp against her boyfriend Chris's neck. Oh. Um, it looked like an ice pick, which I'm like, so, for some reason, I feel like ice picks as weapons are so much worse than just a knife. Yeah, because it's... Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know if I've seen it. straight out of a scary movie, that's yeah, I don't why. know if I've ever seen an ice pick in real life. I'm going to Google what that looks like. Speaking of ice picks, you ever see that David Blaine thing, what he does with an ice pick. No. no. Super gross. He like gets an ice pick and he sticks it through his hand and oh. pulls it out and like nothing <gasps> happens. He like this, he claims he researched the hand to like figure out where to exactly put an ice pick. Untrue David Blaine. It's, I don't know. When watching the videos, it looks pretty real. All right. I, we'll have to watch it afterwards. But. Maybe if I find it, maybe I'll post it on social and you guys can it's, give us your he's opinion He's done it on, on like it. talk shows a whole bunch. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. They yeah. just look so dangerous. It, it just looks, looks like a really long needle. It looks like I'm going to just murder you. It, I'm yeah. going to murder you. Yeah. It's a horror movie situation. Yeah. Um, so Chris basically said, we don't have any cash. Uh, take our credit cards. So fine. They're take like, it. yeah, take it. Let's do this. And thing. here's my pin. Yeah. Exactly. Use the chip. Um, instead he grabbed Chris's backpack mm. and he used the straps of the backpack to tie, uh, Chris's hands behind his back. Um, at that point, Holly could have technically run away, but she didn't want to leave Chris. Okay. Another PSA. Okay. I'm ready. I'm sorry. Still run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Am I, I wrong? Yeah. No, I would say Cause yeah. you don't have a gun and the, and as a woman, he's like, I feel like even as a man, right. Run still and get run, help. run and get you, help. You need more help. Unless, unless, you ha- unless you have a secret weapon, unless, unless you, you have a secret ice pick. Right. Unless you truly think you can <laughs> overpower that person, which, Ugh. yeah. I mean, I get, I don't know that I would either. Like, I, I know. I know. It's like, if you're standing say. there with someone that you love, yeah. like, you might have a hard time leaving right. them. I get that. So, um, so Holly refused to leave Chris. Uh, the man bound her hands behind her back with her belt. So she took, he took the belt off her jeans and used it to, uh, tie her hands behind her back. He threw both of them into the ditch right alongside the railroad track. Okay. So if you can imagine like a railroad track and the big ditches on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, he ripped his shirt and he used that to gag both of them. Um, interesting. Uh, Holly said that she used her tongue when he was trying to gag her to help like keep the gag from going in too far. Oh, that's so that she could still talk. Uh-huh. So she wasn't really, truly gagged. Okay. So smart. Um, so she said, five minutes earlier, I've been laughing and flirting mm-hmm. and maybe making out. We don't know. Now I was frozen with terror. I'm like, oh, no. Poor thing. Terrible. Um, he kept stepping back. So the assailants kept stepping back up onto the tracks as if he was watching out for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those brief seconds that he kept looking away, Holly was able to get her hands free and oh. then she was able to pull the gag off because it was loose enough because she used her tongue. Um, so she also took out Chris's gag, uh, but then the man returned and he was carrying a huge rock. Oh, no. Then you run. Okay, now run. Go. Without a word, he dropped it on Chris's head. Oh, God, to have to see that would be Chris so... Chris fell still and began to gurgle. Mm-mm-mm. 
So basically at this point, Holly says, hey, turn his head to the side so he doesn't choke. Like she's giving this like mm-hmm. assailant instructions like, hey, dude, like, like he's going to choke kill on his blood. And this is what the assailant said. He's gone. The man replied casually. With his dead eyes. Right. Terrified. Dead eyes and just he's gone. Like. Oh. So he began to tug at Holly's jeans and she realized at that point that he was going to rape her. Oh. And she completely started freaking out. So um, she was kicking and screaming, um, but she was silenced when he took the ice pick and jabbed it into her neck. No, no. <gasps> Stabbed her right in the neck. And those are so, I'm looking at the picture right now. It's so, so sharp. So sharp, so long. No. Mm. Um, so she said, I have no idea how long the attack lasted. Her mind drifted out of her body, which I think I've heard a lot of victims saying, especially mm-hmm. when they're getting raped, is that they just kind of like go somewhere else and it's kind of like looking down on it's yourself. Like a dis- it's called like disassociation or something yeah. with trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said the thing that she does remember is when the attack was over, she begged him to put her pants back on because she knew if he killed her, she didn't want to be found like that half is... naked. Oh God, that is so sad. It's like, that's the innocence that she yes. had. That's a great, yes. And it's like, he just, I mean, here's the thing. He did, he did, bizarrely, put her pants back did on. Did he? Yeah, he did put them back what on. What a fucking gentleman. Then he took a plank of wood, and he hit her five times on the front of her face. He broke her eye socket and her oh. jaw, and then she fell over, and um, he hit her five times on the back of the head. And at that point, she slipped unconscious. Unconscious? Mm, good yes. for, I mean, good. Good. And, I mean. Yes. So at this point, thankfully, this guy thought she was dead. So he left. He left. Yeah. So she woke up and the man had left. She staggered towards a nearby house, all covered in blood. So she literally. What a badass. I know, right? Like she's got a broken eye socket and jaw. She's got, she got stabbed in the neck with an ice pick. Ice pick through the neck. Yes. She walks over to this house and um, the person who was living inside, it was a a guy. They they interviewed him at one point because I watched another documentary (laughs) because I watched the first one and it didn't have anything I could use. It was interesting, but, um, and he basically said, she didn't knock. She didn't say anything. She just walked in covered in blood and said, call 911. And I was like, good for her. Like, cause that's scary. Cause you just got assaulted by a man and now you're walking and now to some you're dude's walk- house. Yeah. And who knows what you're going to, yeah. you're going to find behind that door. Yeah. So, um, so it said she was taken to the hospital. Like I said, she had a broken jaw, a smashed eye socket an inch deep stab wound to her neck and a lot of cuts and bruises. An inch deep, like that's yuck. Um, and then she asked once she got to the hospital. Her par- her parents and her sister came, and she said, "Chris is dead, isn't he?" And that's when they told her, "Yes, Chris has passed away." Mm. Um, she f- spent five days in the hospital, and she said she was still in survival mode because she felt numb. But as soon as she uh, recovered physically, she returned to school. Wow, um, really? Yeah. And because at this point, like terrifying, they haven't caught him. The assailant is still out there. Even in my hospital bed, I would be so paranoid that he's going to come back for me. Right. And she was living alone in an apartment on campus Mm-mm. or like off campus. Nope. Move back know, home. Um, so she basically couldn't sleep because she was constantly in fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year letter, a year letter, a year later, uh, 
the emotional trauma caught up to her and she started going to a support group to work through grief. And she also felt a lot of guilt for living for, when Chris didn't Oh, I didn't live. think about that yet. Right. But she stayed behind for him too. I know. I mean, she's got to give herself some credit. So 18 months later, so that's what, a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Um, the police linked the attack that happened there uh, with a serial killer who was suspected of up to 30 murders. Oh my God. Um, Angel Resendez had been dubbed the railway killer because he usually killed people along the railroad tracks. In fact, the documentary I watched that had nothing to do with my survivor. Uh, they talked about... But tell us about this guy, because you <laughs> well, know all about him now. Well, it was basically, it, was, it focused on two young, like, 16-year-old kids who ran away from home mm-hmm. and ran to Florida, and he killed um, both of them there. Mm-hmm. And once they caught him, I think they caught him in Texas, I think. Um, Why are they always in Texas? I don't know. Sorry, it's Texas. Big, it's a big but state, though. I, I mean, mean, I know, but it's like... Well, and the other thing is, I mean, he was of um, Hispanic descent. In fact, I believe he was Mexican. So perhaps he was making his way back down to Mexico at that point. Maybe. Who knows? But he was just, he would just jump on cargo trains. Mm -hmm. And then he would, and he actually, the two kids that he killed in Florida, he used part of the train to like bludgeon them to death. Like the part that connects the train. Do you think he was waiting for a train to come to like throw them on the tracks or something? If that's what he was looking for? I don't think he, I didn't say that he ever like threw victims on the track. Oh, it sounded okay. like he mostly was raping the women and then killing both. Like if there's two victims, he'd kill Just the boy and the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she'd never been um, publicly identified uh, because she was so scared that he was going to come and attack her again. So she actually spent um, some time studying abroad in the United Kingdom because she thought, if I'm okay. not in the United States, he's yeah. probably not going to show up in the UK. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, I mean that's a good plan, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a nice change of scenery. And the UK is great. So, um, so oh yeah, he uh, Resendez surrendered to Texas police, um, and the night before her court appearance, uh, Holly woke up screaming because she was so nervous. She didn't want to face her attacker, um, and. She decided that she had to do it, though, because she was speaking on behalf of everyone else who didn't make it. 30 victims? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of victims. So um, the court, she said he looked very different. He was pale. He was pudgy. And then she saw those empty black eyes. And she said her body started to shake. Yeah. They actually had to, after she was done testifying, they had to carry her off the witness stand because she was so upset. I mean... I give her credit for just going. I know. That takes so much. I mean, I couldn't. I don't know that I could do that. So, Um, On June 27th of 2006, Resendez was put to death by lethal injection. So the good thing about Holly is that she has really made a lot of her life now. So she worked to ensure that she's a survivor and not a victim. Um, She tells her safety at um, her safety ideas um, via lecture. (gasps) Ooh, yeah, hey, Callie. Hey, girl. Woo. Callie's really getting into the story. There, the funny thing is, is there's nobody there's, outside. Oh, no, there's a dog out there. Oh, okay. There's a limping golden retriever. Oh, he's so oh, sweet, oh, baby. A little limpy. Yeah. Oh, he's super cute. He's 14. Oh, my dogs are 14 and yeah. 15. That's um, Vince. Should we just hang on for a sec? Yeah, Callie, we'll wait till Callie calls down. All right, so she lectures and she tells people about personal safety and um, she got married 
Yay. And she has two little boys. Oh, that's amazing. And they've been together since actually a few months after the attack. So she did meet her now husband just a few months after. And she said, oh, I she's, just got goosebumps she's, now. Yeah, she's never forgotten Chris. Uh, she actually has a picture of the two of them together that she keeps in her house. And her husband is totally supportive of it. Yeah. Um, she said there's just some, some things you can never forget, no matter how much you try. Like the sound of that rock hitting Christopher's head. And I'm like, oh the worst so um like i said she does speaking engagements and things like that and she said she warned the audience um and she displayed this is at one of her speaking engagements she displayed a photo of herself taken at the hospital right after the assault so she has blonde hair it's like mm-hmm. super blonde her hair was fully crimson mm. in fact when her dad came in the room after she got attacked he thought she had dyed her hair red <gasps> he didn't realize it was all blood oh yeah. Do you think she had seen herself? Probably not. Probably like, not. Uh-uh. Like, can you imagine that happening to you and then getting a glimpse in like a mirror, like even in the hospital, like being no. strolled by a mirror or something and seeing that, that trauma, like, oh no. Um, so she signed up for self-defense lessons and I she said, do that. We should do that. We should do that. I'm a big proponent of self-defense said Dunn, who wishes she had the training to potentially fight off an assailant. Mm-hmm. Um, so unlike a concealed weapon or a six foot five inch boyfriend, you always have your body. Yep. So you never have to worry about, do I have a gun? Do I have a knife? Mm-hmm. Um, do I have my boyfriend or my husband or whatever with me or my guy friend? Um, you just know you can protect yourself. So she said that did give her some peace of mind. Um, initially she didn't share a story with the media, but then she realized that if she didn't tell her story and she didn't share it, then she couldn't help other people. So um, she said it grew into something I never expected that I would be the only survivor of one of his attacks. So she is the only survivor. The only survivor. She said, I had no opinions about the death penalty before this happened. I feel like the death penalty was justice in my case. Mm -hmm. So um, after sharing, uh, painfully sharing her testimony in court in 1999, um, it was years before he was put to death. Um, She said, "I'm, I'm just glad he's not in the world anymore. Uh, so anyway, so she's doing really great. Like I said, she's married. She has kids. She does these speaking engagements. She did self-defense classes. Good for her. That's so amazing. It's like she's surviving and thriving. And I, I really like love that. In her case, like the death penalty, like I feel like if something like that were to happen to me, that's the only way I could move on. Right. Knowing that that person's not in this world anymore. Yeah. Like, I agree. Um, I just wanted to end by telling you that in 2008, she founded a nonprofit. It's called Holly's House. Uh, it's in Evansville, Indiana, and the nonprofit provides a safe place for both child and adult victims of intimate crimes to tell their stories and get connected to resources. That's beautiful. So she's like really you go, doing girl. good. Yeah. Get it, Holly. Holly That's Dunn. amazing. Yeah. So that's my story. Yay. I yeah. like that. That's a good one. Yeah. So I don't know if my... Um, the well, railway... Wait, what? The rail... Railway killer. Hmm. That was never his name. I had never heard of him either. Hmm. I used to play on railroads... I used to put um, pennies on the track, uh-huh. and then the did you do this, Kenny? And the train would go out. by, and you're like oh, country, did Kenny. Didn't do this hell? up in Clyde? No, I didn't. All right, we know there's trains there. We know what you're going to do this weekend. All right, so next time you go to Clyde, go to the railroad track, put a penny on the track. Okay. The train will run over the penny, and it flattens it. Oh. Okay. It like squishes it, kind of like you know those machines that you can use, At like Cedar yeah. Point or something. Yeah, it's like that, but it's like wonky because it doesn't go mm-hmm. in a perfect oval or a perfect circle. It's like an amoeba. 
I I always wanted to play on the tracks because of the movie Stand By Me. Oh, really? And like I always wanted to be like them and like play on the train tracks. That's kind of like a field of dreams for me. I used to love playing like pretending or or, um, A League of Their Own. Oh, I love A League of Their Own. I used to pretend that I was like in those movies and just like. In the Sandlot. Yeah. And just play baseball. (sighs) Yeah. Even though I was terrible. I was not good. Oh, I don't play sports. I, oh, my mom no. enrolled me in like softball when I was like 10 or 11 and I just played in the dirt the whole time. So she took me out of it. <laughs> just not good. I just wasn't. No, no, that's great. Not for me. No, mm-hmm. I don't do sports. No, but I love the other people that do sports. Me too. So, um, Kenny, would you like to tell us about your, your media? Your story? Yeah. Your <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, what do you mean media? Your, new, your, your, <laughs> your weird news, news media stuff. You know, the thing you do. The that thing bit. you do at the end of our just, podcast. Just do it. So this one's not as gross as some of them has been, but still pretty crazy that it's happening. So a homeowner is facing $30,000 in fines and foreclosure on his house. For what? Any guesses? Hold on. Hmm. 30,000 in fines and, and foreclosure and foreclosure mainly because you can't pay the fines. Oh, okay. Um, um I am gonna say, I'm going to say plant hoarder only cause I used to live across the street from one. And I feel like that's a thing. I'm going to say he's not picking up after his pets in the yard. Not mowing his grass, overgrown grass. I was oh, I was kind of right for You're once. Kind of right. Oh. You guys, I'm so wrong every time. And I, I, I guess the dumbest shit. I love like, it. Like, it's amazing. Good work. So... How long was this grass? It grew about, like... $30,000. Sir, cut your shit. Like a foot and a half or something. So this guy returned home last summer to find his grasses grew more than 10 inches tall. Oh, 10 inches. There it is. Missed it. Cool. And, but he spent most of his time in South Carolina taking care of his late mother's estate. Okay. He had hired someone to mow his grass, Oops. but he unexpectedly died. Oh, whoopsie. Oh. And... So the city code fined him $500 a day. That's insane. With overgrown grass, but they didn't tell him until it was over $30,000. Oh, no. That's like they didn't reach out. And so now they won't take the fines off, and he might have to for They're like telling him, you got to foreclose on your house. It's insane. So rude. You can't do that, city. There's like, get a grip. Attorneys with the Institute for Justice are representing him free to fix this, but that's insane that's oh my god can i just tell you so my husband travels for work and he was gone for like three and a half weeks straight and i did have a neighbor uh boy come cut my lawn we live on like a little under two acres so it's a lot of lawn Mm -hmm. it started getting real long again and i was like that hillbilly neighbor in our neighborhood i don't believe that but okay it looked ridiculous i mean it, it had to be like six inches like my husband's home now and he has he's mowed it he like mows it one direction and then he comes at it from a different direction. Like okay. he's mowing, going over and over and over it. I don't understand the logic. Yeah. I, unless he's adjusting the like blade, but maybe, I don't, I don't know. know. Again, I don't I, do those things. I mowed the lawn once last summer because I was like, I should probably learn how to use our riding mower. Right. But then of course this year came around and, and I was like, I don't remember what you taught me. <laughs> how do you start it? I don't remember this. So. I did it once and I was so bad. Todd's like, no, I, I got it. I'm oh, like, yes. Donald was like, um, yeah, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to go get gas for it too. I was like, no, ow, ow, hard pass. I can't, pass. I, can't I can't get gas and mow. What is this? <laughs> That's two things you're making me do. No, I get gas for my car. That is enough. And I don't even like doing that. No, it's the worst. 
gotta get out sometimes it's cold or sometimes it's hot or and then do i want a receipt no i don't want a receipt fuck off why do you ask just just go away the only reason I like getting gas sometimes is sometimes I go in and get something like if I'm at Sheets. Oh, I never go in. I'm too lazy. Oh my God. I love going into Sheets only because they have delicious food. If you haven't eaten at a Sheets. Their breakfast Mac sandwiches. Mac and cheese bites. Oh, uh, the really? Their breakfast sandwiches are really, really, really good. I was all terrified to eat one. No, all of their food is good. I've eaten, I've even gotten salads there. This is not an advertisement. Sheets is not sponsoring us. But Sheets, if you want to sponsor us, Call email us, us at sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com. That's right. Um, oh, I was going to tell you guys. So we obviously would love survival stories. So if you have one, send it to us at sipsurviverpeat at gmail.com. But we also would just like, um, I don't know, funny anecdotes from your life. Uh, the reason that you maybe started listening, we'd love. Um I think That's we're going to we're going to get some merch soon and we're going to start doing some giveaways. Uh, we're waiting on some graphic design stuff to come in before we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are on all the social, all the social. Find us on those social areas. Yeah. And don't forget, if you haven't gotten the PodCoin app, make sure you download it because you can earn all sorts of stuff just by using the app. It's like Ibotta for... Yeah. Um, podcasts. Yeah. So you, all you have to do is listen, which is you're already doing anyway, obviously. So make so, money, get paid for it. Get paid, bitches. So that's all I got. Well, this has been Sip, Survive, Repeat. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great rest of the week. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.